Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. My name's Neil Meller and I was Preston's number 33 from August 2006 to 2012. I had a year out to Sheffield Wednesday on loan in between that time. And now currently I work... On screen, you may see me on Sky Sports doing Soccer Saturday, doing Soccer Special. I work with Liverpool as well, covering many games as a pundit, as a commentator, as a reporter. So my title is a freelance journalist where I love covering football matches, commentating and reporting. Obviously, you'd been at Liverpool for quite a while. Yeah. Um, you came through the academy there as well, did you? Came through the academy at Liverpool. Yeah. Um, Broke into the first team. Had a spell in the first team, had a couple of loan spells before moving to Preston North yeah. End. Did you go to West Ham as well? On first that? loan spell was West Ham. That was a big learning experience for me. Yeah. Because the manager got sacked two weeks after me signing for him, which was Glenn Roder. He gets sacked, and straight away I'm, I'm on a season long loan thinking. What's happening here? Yeah. Um, so that was difficult. My second loan spell was at Wigan, and we agreed a permanent deal um, with a fee with Liverpool, but injury cut that short. Yeah. So then Wigan were in the Premier League at the time under Paul Jewell. Yeah, yeah. So I came back, um, had more rehabilitation with my knees, and then there was options for what was next. Rafford said that it was time to move on from Liverpool, Rafa right. Benitez. And there was one option to sign for Aston Villa, who were... I think they finished fourth or fifth in the Premier League yeah. but that was only a loan and I didn't want to go on loan because I knew that I was injured I yeah, was struggling yeah. with my knees and so the club I was going to sign for knew they were going to sign me injured it was a case of rehabilitating yeah. that knee and um, and Preston was one that showed the most interest which was Paul Simpson at the time mm-hmm. um, so it was a no-brainer to me because Preston were aside knocking on the door of the Premier League the location was perfect yeah. Um, I didn't know a great deal about them before. Obviously, yeah, I was aware yeah. that they were um, aware of them. Oh, aware of Preston, yeah. that, that knocking on the door sort yeah. of thing of the Premier League, and it excited me to go there. What I didn't realise was they had so many strikers already, so I'd gone into a squad thinking, uh, "What's going on here?" Yeah. And also, a big problem for me when I arrived at Preston was on the day I signed. Preston fans are thinking, "Right, great, we've signed this young kid from Liverpool. How good's he going to be?" But I had to have two operations before I'd even play any, any game yeah. time for Preston. So straight away, there was a frustration there, yeah. um, which isn't an ideal start for any player when you, when you sign injured. No, I can imagine it being quite difficult. But what were the fans like with you, sort of, obviously having signed injured with the... Preston fans? Yeah. Well, well, I, well I, I suppose it's a, it's a frustration because <coughs> I want to play, but I'm injured. The manager knew I was injured. Yeah. So when the manager signed me, he, he knew it was a long term in terms of We'll get you right and you'll play. Yeah. But if you're a supporter, you want to see what the new player is going to be. You want to see if you can come yeah. into the team and score goals. Um, and so that was that was difficult to settle into a new club. I'm trying to get trust of my new teammates, yeah. and they're seeing that I'm in the treatment table before I'm out 
training. So that was yeah. that was a big challenge for me and um, something that I had to earn the trust of harder for new players as opposed to if you go in fit yeah, you yeah. can show them straight away I had to wait a while to show yeah, them what I could do it's not even like you could have got into training is it no so who who was in the dressing room at the time like, as in what, what was it like was it a tough one to come into or were they quite welcoming or big characters um Big characters. It was um, a hard-working squad. You know, you think back to sort of Graham Alexander, yeah. great pro. He was in there, big voice within the dressing room. Paul McKenna, yeah, uh, knew the football club inside out. Again, standards were very high in yeah, training. Yeah. We had Danny Dicchio, yeah, uh, Brett Ormanrod, um Carlo Nash was the goalkeeper. Mighty Hill, Yuma Wenny. There was um, Callum Davidson. There was a lot of experienced so was, boys yeah. within that dressing room. Um, and Preston had been knocking on the door of the playoffs, so, yeah. so they'd been used to doing well as well. So the 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 levels were high to want to get to that next level, um, which was obviously the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it was off the back of Billy Davis leaving, wasn't it? Yeah, that you came in. Um, so were you in the squad that year that we were top at Christmas? Yeah, but but again, I don't think I'd made my debut yeah. by then. So I think we were top in the January. And did you bring in Michael Ricketts in that January? Um, yeah. My first Michael start. Ricketts and I think Pavel Pergel. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because Billy Davis had said about, I've got two teams at the top of the Yeah, league. yeah. And by all accounts, Simo didn't really. It wasn't a nice thing to say, was no, it? Not really, but that was football. Absolutely, it? yeah. That was um, football. So I think I don't know if I start made, made my first start maybe that January or February, right. which was Southampton at home. Scored on me um, on my first start. Gareth Bale was playing for Southampton that day. Yeah. We turned them over three one at deep down. Me and Nuge up front. That wow. was uh, the dream team. That was good. I enjoyed that. <laughs> that was a good moment. Um, sadly, yeah, I was managing the need to try and get consistency out yeah. of the performance to be out there fully fit. Yeah. Um, so, what was Simo like then? Was it sort of when when it came to you signing? Was it as much the manager as the opportunity, or was it more one than the other? Or I'd probably say <clears throat> less so the manager. Yeah. Um, it was more about the club, the where location, where I thought the club was going in the direction it was. That right. that's what really excited me. Yeah. And Simo, um, I knew him as a sort of a player that yeah, he'd obviously yeah. played for. For City, uh, as a younger player for Derby, so yeah. I knew, knew him as a as a player in terms of playing at the top level of the game, um, and and he wanted to sign me, so yeah, I felt yeah. wanted by him. So it all made What's, sense. Was not delight then. Yeah, yeah. So you've done a chapter for the new North End Souls book, which is out. Yeah. When I spoke to um, the author of the book, um, and I think I spoke to Sedgie as well. Mm-hmm. A little bit about it, that pre-season trip to America. Huh. What was what was that like from your sort of point of view? Was it worthwhile or no? Not no? at all. It, you know, I've, I've I've come from from Liverpool, yeah. a, a team which had um, won the Champions League, competing in the Premier League. To to what I thought was a club that was knocking on the door of the, of the Premier League, and it was a big shock to me. Um, yeah. we, we've gone to to America. And I think, unfortunately for Paul Simpson, the coaching staff, the deal that they had been sold in terms of the pre-season trip wasn't actually what appeared to happen. So we've right. we've gone there. So we're expecting to train every day. Yeah. The training facilities aren't ready. So so we're having to train on 
on a, on a park um, and then the matches that were arranged were on AstroTurf so half the squad couldn't even, weren't even in any condition to, to play on that surface because they couldn't train yeah. th- for days after this is pre- <coughs> pre-season which ultimately is the time to get fit yeah. is where you, you're doing three, ta- three sessions a day yeah. really pushing your body in a tough so how do them pre-season trips come about then is it not well, I mean I don't know what it is now but back then was it not a case of because from a fan's point of view it was it came across as if it was the club and everything that was organised it but is it not is it like sold to the club as a package but I would have thought so I'm presuming that whoever That's was dealing case. with the club I said we'll, we'll come over to the, the right. west coast of America we'll look after you really but, but, but basically for however long we were there I felt as though I was shopping more than I was playing football that's training. Not, not what you want. I think I played one game. That was it, and this was pre-season. It yeah. was, um, and, and the problem is, if you don't have a good pre-season, you, you you're not well prepared for what is a grueling season yeah. in the championship, and, and and that proved to be the case. Mm. Uh, we we were well short. I think that well, that was the pre-season when Simo eventually got sacked. Yeah, so it was just after we'd finished season. seventh. Yeah, and then that pre-season for whatever reason, and I'm not blaming the manager, but whoever sold in the deal. He was stitched up, and, yeah. and unfortunately for him, the players were not in any condition to, to, to have play. a full season in the championship. Yeah. Um, so obviously, Simo left. Um, Alan came in. Yeah. And I'm going to guess you're going to say the same as other players that I've spoken to that played under him, but he was up there as one of the best you've oh, played under. He was unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, from the first day he came in, it was almost like, I think I described it in the... In the in the book is like a cloud being lifted. Yeah. Um, now I, I experienced Rafa Benitez, <coughs> who was a top quality manager tactician. Mm. Um, but this this guy Alan Irvine came from Everton, um, and from day one, whether you played, whether you're on the bench, whether you're in the stand, not involved, he made sure that every day for training you look forward to going in. Yeah, so yeah. the training sessions were good fun. Yeah. But I was getting better. And I was learning more about the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was absolutely brilliant. It was so um, enjoyed every day working under him. There was times I was in the team. There was times I wasn't in the team. Um, he was he was fantastic, absolutely brilliant. And I always felt as though he got a, a tough deal. Um, yeah, w- w- when he left Preston. Um, but even after that, he left Preston, which I thought was unfair. He left Sheffield Wednesday when we were seventh, seventh in the league. I thought it was unfair. He left West Brom when they weren't in the bottom three of the Premier League, which yeah. I thought was unfair. <laughs> he left Norwich when they were he's absolutely fine. He's uh, had a bad deal, hasn't he? He's had a bad deal, but he was a top coach yeah. and a brilliant manager. I really enjoyed yeah. working under him. From the man management point of view as well. Just man management. Um, it was, I mean, the fact that you've just said that some days you're in the team, some days you're yeah. out and... Yeah, no one wants to be out the team, yeah. but I'm going in there to work hard because I know the sessions are going to be good. Yeah, I know I'll get a chance to show what I can do and hopefully get back into the team. Yeah, um, and at the time as well, I think he he had a lot of sort of big characters in the dressing room as well, didn't he? Because he brought Parky in. Parky brought. Um, he brought Parky in on a Friday night, so he signed John Parky yeah. from Stoke. Now, nowadays, you, you can get your info quite easily on, on the social media on the yeah. internet back then no one had even heard of John Parkin I think there was maybe one or two oh yeah he's a lad from Stoke he's, yeah. a, he's a big centre forward so when he walked through the door Saturday morning um, Saturday lunchtime sorry day of a game at Deepdale we're playing Crystal Palace at yeah. home it was the first time we'd ever seen him 
And I swear to God, some people were thinking he was the new kit man. Yeah. It was like, who's this guy? <laughs> so he comes in, and uh, and sure enough, the manager put him straight into the starting lineup. I was going to say, I remember it. Um, was it Palace or Charlton? I can't remember which game it was. It was one it was. of the two, but I remember, I think it was in the LEP this Saturday morning that he'd signed that night. Okay. And obviously, it used to come with like, my dad and my granddad. We were thinking, like, oh, no signing, like, maybe he'll be on the bench. Yeah. Straight, straight in the, in the team. squad. So it was me and him up top. And um, I mean, obviously the fans got to love Parky, yeah. but he, he's somebody that will never be the highest in terms of running distance. Oh, yeah. he, he, I don't think he, he wins headers as a centre forward. He's a big lad, but he, he's a he's a handful. He's a presence, and I worked off him in that yeah. sense. So he caused problems for the defenders. Oh, I sc- I scored that day. He never scored, and I'll always forget. I'll always remember afterwards. We'd won the game two one, and Irvine said, "If you didn't know who John Parkin was." you do now he was magnificent today yeah. and bang he walked out the door and he was he played really well that day but didn't score and then he had a shock of the week after didn't he that's, that, that sounds about right yeah <laughs> John Parkin um, but, but yeah, that, that, that old cliche that seems to surround him he's got good feet for a big man yeah which he does to be fair I, I, he was he was a, he was a good teammate. Um, he was brilliant within a dressing room. So you talk about characters within the dressing room, and on the pitch, he was an absolute handful. He yeah. had his off days, but more often than not, yeah, exactly. Um, but one of Parky's favourite shouts was, uh, "Listen, lads, uh, I know I'm not very good at football, but I'm just doing my best." Uh, and that's, I mean, within the football world, if you're a player, there's a lot of players who have an ego. Nobody likes to admit they're not very good, but yeah. Parky would, lads. I know I'm not very good. I'm just doing what I can out yeah. there, and, and so that was appealing in, in itself. Yeah, kind of warmed you to him a yeah. little bit more yeah. than maybe if it had come in being Billy Big Bollocks yeah. or whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean, I think when Alan left, it was a bit of a shock to me. Um, I spoke about it on the episode with Chris um, that he, I think he said that he was in the Trafford Centre and Lonas called him and said. The gaffer's gone, and he was like, he said, I was like gobsmacked, couldn't believe it. Mm. Um, and I think the fans were maybe split a little bit. I think there was some that were in agreement with it, mm-hmm. and then I think there was others that um, I think there was others that were on the yeah, maybe he did get a bit of a bad rap, sort of sort of thing. I, I've I, seen I've seen managers get sacked. And a dressing room seeing it coming and saying, "Glad that's Thank happened." Yeah. I would say ninety percent, if not more, were like, "Didn't see it coming." Yeah, gutted. Yeah, I, I was in his office that afternoon because I hadn't played in the previous game. I don't know who it was against. <clears throat> Probably had my worst spell ever of not scoring a goal. It was it was a number of games. So I've knocked on his door and I said, "Gaffer, you gonna get me back in the team? What do I need to do to get back into the team?" Yeah. He said, "Keep working hard. Keep working hard in training, and I'll get you back in as soon as I can." Yeah. And that was fine. You know, that was one o'clock on the afternoon. In the afternoon. Yeah. I've gone home an hour later. I'm hearing it. He's gone. And me and him are talking about how we can kick on to get back towards yeah. the playoffs playoffs last year right we can get in there again we'll learn from last season and we can we can go one better and get yeah, promoted yeah, yeah. there was a genuine belief within that squad of players that we'd missed out the previous season on the playoffs to Sheffield United when we underperformed we were better than them they played ugly and they'd done us on the, yeah, over the two legs they'd done us so we were hurting from that but we all <laughs> thought with the squad we had we'd get back in the playoffs without a doubt we thought playoffs so it was a big big shock to us yeah um, yeah, that Sheffield United game in there. Well, both of them. If Parky scores at one nil at Deepdale, 
he hits the post from the corner. Different story, isn't it? There's no way back for them. I think it, who was the kid? Was it Howard scored a screamer uh, at Deepdale, and then down there it was, was it Holford Greg, scored. The, yeah, the, I was going to say Greg Holford scored yeah. it there. Billy there, Jones off the line. I was stood on the line and. I don't know who the defender was. It hit him on the line. That was the yeah. equaliser last minute. It wasn't to be. Um, and it would have been Burnley in Just the Just on, on Billy Jones, were you still at the club when we played Burnley and we ended up uh, losing 4-3 and he got sent off? No. He got booked in the first half, I think. And, and I swear to God, it's the only time I've ever seen it in football. He got his second booking for taking too long with a throw-in. Jones and, and he didn't. He, he, I mean, obviously, I'm going to be a bit biased because I'm a North End fan, but he genuinely didn't take that long with the throw. No, Jonesy wasn't like that. He was such a nice, honest, honest <clears> lad. Ref booked him and sent him off. My best uh, experience at Turf Moor was beating them three two. Uh, that was under Alan Irvine. He just come yes. in just before Christmas, and we beat them three two. It was me and Paul Gallagher up front. Now, oh, Gally. Gally's a sitting midfield player for the yeah. first team now, but it was me and Gally up front. And, well, we um, came in on loan, didn't we? And we, obviously, we signed him. Came, as a came in on loan, so it was me and Gally up front. Whaley was off one side, and um, God, that was that was a really good. Uh, that was an evening game, so we beat them three two. That was a good. That was my best experience at Turf Moor because I scored. Yeah, and then obviously there was the the trip away to Bloomfield Road as mm. well where you scored two and Brownie scored one no all the other way, way around Brownie got a brace and I scored one yeah um, that was a Sunday lunchtime yeah, sort of kick off pitch was awful the wind was blowing because they had the stand down as well at that it, point didn't it they was they a temporary stand yeah. and um yeah, my brother and my best mate had been on the piss the night before and they said, right, we'll definitely make it. So I'm looking for them in the warm-ups. I oh, God, I don't know where they are because I didn't, obviously, it's, I think it was sit where you want sort yeah, of thing for the away and I couldn't see them. I'm thinking, oh, so I'm playing the game, couldn't see them, couldn't see them, going at half-time, 1-0 down. Adam Ammo scored a decent goal. He was yeah. doing all right for Blackpool at the time. Half-time, lads are looking around saying, it's not good enough, we need to be better. Irvine was it on the case saying, yeah. lads, they're there for the taking. If we step it up, we can, we can, we can beat them second half. And sure enough, second half, Brownie gets one, and then I score back post. And as soon as I'd scored, I wanted to share the moment with the fans because all the fans were down the side of the pitch. Yeah. So I've just legged it over there, and I don't, I don't know why I jumped into the away end. Just, I just wanted to share it, and there was no stewards about. I thought, right, I'm in, and uh, started jumping about with a few Preston fans. It was great, and sure enough, within ten seconds of jumping about, my brother. And my best mate popped up from absolutely nowhere, <laughs> honking a veil because he'd been steaming the night before. But it was such a nice moment because I scored a goal. It was it was for North End against our big rivals Blackpool yeah. away from home, yeah. and it and it felt like sort of a winning moment. We yeah, weren't going to lose yeah. the game from them on, and to share it with my two closest mates was uh, that was a real special moment to share. We won the game three one eventually. Yeah, and obviously it's not something you'd get away with now, is it? Did well, you get booked for it? I got booked, yeah, but that's probably the best booking I ever received. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the game, some, some head of steward came over and said, oh, just to let you know, when you jumped into the crowd, there was a steward that got knocked over, so you've got to go and apologise now. So I was like, okay, fine, no problem. So I went over and apologised. I said, listen, I got carried away. For, sorry yeah, about yeah. that. Um, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> that was it. Is, yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, the steward was okay. Yeah. So... Obviously, some good times under. Alan. It's nice to talk about the highlights. Are you going to start talking about some negatives? Well, uh, I wouldn't say. Well, yeah, no, they are. Touched on the negatives with the injuries. Are you going to talk about some bad games that I've had here? Uh, I can't remember many. To be honest, I've not made a note of any. So Watford away. Um, it was the, it was the worst playing. Now I mentioned Bloomfield Road there as a bad pitch, and it yeah. was a bad pitch. Blackpool. Watford away was 
was shocking. It was slippy as anything. And I was wearing mouldies in the game. Now, I loved wearing moulds. Yeah. Even if it was raining, I'd wear my copers and I'm not sleeping. They, weren't they quite a new thing at that time as well? Copers? No, no the moulds underneath. They... No, these were proper moulds. They weren't the blades. So it was a proper mouldy boot. Oh, right, okay. So it was like the Beckenba- Beckenbauer boot. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so Watford wearing moulds. Not playing well. I think... Um, I think Sean Dice was centre half, you know. He was centre half yeah. for Watford, so we're going back. Might have been getting beat one now, I'm not playing well. And the ball goes down the channel, and I slip, and Irvine's on my casing. Get the right footwear on, you're unprepared, that's unprofessional. So I say, oh, flipping heck. So I run over to the touchline, and I don't know why. I said to the kit man, swap me boots. So I got changed, swap me boots, halfway through the first half. So we're a man down on the pitch, and Irvine, he's, he's not even looking at me, he's that angry with me. Anyway, half-time comes round, we're losing 1-0, and he goes mad at me. <laughs> the first thing he it's says... It's funny, because he doesn't he doesn't strike me as the kind of manager that would ever have... Oh, he lost like it. That. Oh, he lost it big time. Um, and before he'd even talked about what had happened in the first half, he pointed at me and said, get changed, you're coming off. And Jesus. I was just thinking, I know it was bad, but I didn't know it was that bad. Surely the boot thing must have changed his mind, so... Um, so I got dragged off. It's not nice to get dragged off at half time. No, and Irvine did it occasionally to me, and that was probably the worst I'd played. Now some Preston fans will pick out other games, of course. Yeah. That was one that sticks out to me. Yeah. I so if if there was any North End fans that went down to Watford that day and we did get beat two why. or three, apologies for that. <laughs> yeah. No, on, on the contrary to that, one game that sticks in my memory that I thought you had, and to be fair, I thought the whole team did. Can't remember if it was under Allen or if it was when Darren came in. I'll tell you, go on. Um, but it was the Portsmouth game in the cup when David James has played like a goalkeeper. I've never seen him play like that since. Yeah. I think you hit the bar from about thirty yards out. That, I'm sure that was Irvine. That was. I the, think it was. I think it was. That was when Cart scored an own <laughs> goal in the ninety fifth minute, and it was like. We'd missed a penalty. Whaley missed a penalty yeah, that day. Who I don't think he'd miss many no, in his time at To North be fair, End. he shouldn't have even been on pens. You know, he's not a penalty taker. Um, and that was in front of the uh, town end as yeah, well. I think, wasn't and it? then yeah. I bent one in the top corner. Jamo's pulled out a save that I've never seen him yeah. do before. Yeah, um, that was it. He didn't hit the bar. It was just an unbelievable save. Yeah, and um, Portsmouth won the cup that year. Yeah, they did. Um, um, we should have beaten them. We were better than them. And even, I think Harry Redknapp was very honest and said, listen, we got away with that. But that was um, that was the way it was, unfortunately. I mean, for cup games, in my time at Preston, we did well. We had that one against Portsmouth. Yeah. I've played City when we got beat 3-1. That was early on in my time, perhaps under Paul Simpson. We played yeah, Chelsea. I think that was Nuge's last season with us, was it? Yeah. Because he scored, I think, didn't he? Possibly. We played Chelsea when they were flying. We played Liverpool when they were top of the league. Yeah. Got beat 2-0. We played Tottenham and that was our biggest defeat. 5-1 yeah. at deep down. I remember that. Crouchy and Defoe were playing. Um, they were unbelievable that night, to be fair, them too. They were, yeah. They were, might be Martin Yolta and that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, I think it was, actually. Um, so Crouchy is somebody that I never played up front with. But when he signed for Liverpool, we got very close. So yeah. we had lots of nights out. But I did play with Jermaine Defoe down yeah. at West Ham. Um so, um, so cup experiences weren't great with Preston, really. Yeah, I mean, you could say we've not really improved since. Played Arsenal, went one nil up. I think they were probably rightly the better team and won in the second half. But United. Was... Do you want a cup run, supporters? Um, or is it more about the promotion, or both? Well, I'm naturally a little bit pessimistic, having supported North End for so long. 
Um, so I don't ever think I'll see us in the Prem. Really? Yeah, honestly. Um, so I'd quite like a cup run. Okay. Even quarterfinals. Yeah. I'd be quite happy with that. Um, to be honest, I'm I'm happy if we're playing well and we're we're giving it a good go. And at the minute we are. Preston. This is the first time I've watched Preston since I've retired and thought they've got a chance of the playoffs. Yeah. This is um, there's a couple of years ago when just missed out but didn't do it. This is a stronger Preston side since since sort of my time when we got in the playoffs. Yeah, no, I'd completely agree. I think that season that you just mentioned when we finished seventh two two years ago, three years ago, Alex Neil's first one yeah. in, in charge. I don't know why, like you said, I just constantly just had a feeling that it would go wrong something would just happen and I think ultimately it was the game that we played Derby Derby at home maybe six games before the end of the season missed the pen and then Tom Lawrence scored a free kick that he should never have scored in a million years Uh, I think it went under the wall and beat the keeper at the near post and it was I mean I'm not a professional footballer but I just yeah it shouldn't have, in my opinion, gone in. But well, you need to do a podcast with a goalkeeper because I will never <laughs> understand the mentality of a goalkeeper. But yeah, so obviously plenty of good times under Allen. Yeah, and then I think you could say that it started to go downhill a little bit. Yeah, that's very fair um, to say. What was it like when? So did you, as a squad, did you find out that Fergie was coming in? Or did you just come in and it was like... Sky Sports News was still knocking about, wasn't it? He was rocking then and Ferguson was seen getting out of his car with all his papers at Deepdale, so there was strong rumours, strong links that he was going to be the man taking over. He'd done well at Peterborough. Um, And so it was a case of, right, okay, we've got to go again for the the new manager, um, Darren Ferguson. Was there any sort of like preconceptions of him with him being Darren Ferguson? No, no, no. It wasn't sort of a a negative. It was like, fine, new new guy, let's... See what he's all about. Let's let's give everything for for, for him sort of thing. Um, Unfortunately for him, he inherited a very close dressing room. Yeah. And now you've heard the expression, if you lose the dressing room, you've got problems. Mm -hmm. Fergie lost us at Barnsley at home when we lost 4-1 at Deepdale. It was a big defeat. And... um, and after the game, he was very critical about us, which was fair. Yeah. But, but As in to you in the dressing room? The whole team. Was, no, to the team, which yeah. was fair. Where he went wrong was when he said to us that um, he belittled our achievement of getting in the playoffs the season before and almost implied that we were, we, we were lucky to be there. And to a group of lads that felt as though... We'd worked hard for that, yeah. And okay, we missed out. We'd worked, we'd worked our nuts off to get in the playoffs that yeah, year. Yeah. Um, so we felt it. so. <laughs> unfortunately, he said it, and Big Parky was in the dressing room, and, um, and from that moment onwards, if you look at our form, we dipped and we dipped, and we just about stayed up that season. Yeah. And um, I think for me, the, the the moment that I'd had enough with Fergie, and I'm I'm never one that will go on. I'll I'll never boo the players. I'll never boo. In fact, no, I tell a lie, I booed when Wesley was there. Yeah. Um, but I think that was extenuating circumstances. Um, but I think what what was the final straw for me was the game at home on a Friday night, I think it was, against Hull on TV. And we were just awful. Was that the year Preston went down? Yeah. Because I'd, I'd left. So we just stayed up and Fergie had called everyone into a meeting at the end of that season. Yeah. And there was 12 of us that weren't wanted. Jesus. So it was a big, big part of the squad. 
And again, we're talking about a pre-season having a big impact on the season for Paul Simpson. Yeah. Uh, we had a disrupted one under Alan Irvine. Every pre-season was was hard. It was meticulous. Yeah. We were ready for the season. Well, the- I've heard just on that. I've heard Parky saying on his pod about it was always a lot of fitness. You'd go down to Lytham, a lot of running on the sand dunes or on the sand and all that sort of stuff. Not, not Parky's uh, favourite. No, it doesn't, doesn't... Well, I mean, it, it, from what he said on the podcast, it wasn't his cup of tea at all. No, no it wasn't mine either. Centre forwards, we didn't enjoy that. Yeah. But it, was, but it worked. And we all did it. Yeah. But under under Darren, what he did was, and, and, and what happened, which was a big problem for him, first day of pre-season... 12 players that were no longer wanted under him which is fine because the manager's got of course entitled yeah, to that yeah. were put in a separate dressing room which had been the at, at the training ground oh, right. which had been the youth team um, coach's office with computers that had been cleared out and we were now 12 outcasts from the first team so he literally just separated you so separated us and I'd spoke to him the week before and said treat me properly because I'm a senior player yeah D- don't don't um, don't push me with the don't put me with the kids. I'm the first team player, yeah. and I'll, I'll try and find a club. So there's a couple of championship clubs that wanted to take me, yeah. but it wasn't right. So I was, I was happy to try and fight for my place. Anyway, bang, day one, we're in this separate dressing room, and I, I kid you not, day one, twelve of us are in there. The likes of me, Chaplo, Neely Collins, and Stephen Elliott. There was a load of us, and. Um, all the players that were in the first team dressing room came and sat with us in our dressing room. So you've separated straight away what was a tight group to a separated two yeah. dressing rooms. And this is pre-season, so it's disrupted. And, and the lads, I went on day three of pre-season to Sheffield Wednesday eventually. So you got out early. So I got out early, but some players were there for four weeks, some were there for like eight weeks, 12 weeks. That's pre-season disruption yeah. where it's not a happy, settled environment and it caused... And if you can't that was, a, that was the season Preston went down. Yeah. So had that been handled differently, perhaps the dressing room dynamics may have helped results on the pitch. Now, now, now if you say to me, what was Fergie like? I liked him. I thought his coaching sessions were good. Yeah. The problem I had was, who wants to be rejected? I was rejected mm. by Fergie. I, 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 no one wants to be rejected and I was rejected and I didn't like that. There's been a lot said about um, and I know obviously there's players that don't like him or didn't like him at the time but since and, and the same with Paul Simpson um, I think when I spoke to Chris he said about Simo that even though he got a, like from the outside looking in it looked like he was like a bad manager and all that sort of stuff nice guy Simo Chris said, "Look, I got on with him fine as a as an actual as a person as a bloke." And he said the same about Fergie. He said, "I got on fine with him, not an issue with him at all." Um, from a personal point of view, yeah, it was just the way that he went about certain things. My problem, with, my problem, I thought Simo had was he was too nice. Yeah, I liked him. Um, and if you're too nice, he's chopping and changing the team. He's not perhaps being as ruthless as, as yeah, he needed yeah. to be. That there was a sense of that. Another thing Chris mentioned. Um, that he reckoned that might have been a point when he started to lose some of the senior players in the squad when he came in was uh, on the pre-season tour in America. Excuse me. Um, I think he said it was Graham Alexander and him and a few others were sat around the table with Simo and they were mm. just chatting. And I think he said it was Graham Alexander that asked him, like, so what What was behind like what you've done at Carlisle? Like, what was the reason that it worked so well? And apparently he was just like... I don't know, it just worked. Okay. And I think he 
from what said you said, I think Grezzo is a bit like, okay, well, you're a manager and you don't know what you've done to make it work so mm. well. Like, what are you going to bring here, sort of thing? And I think that, from what said you said, that was maybe the start of when he started to lose a little bit of, not respect, but. Um, Possibly, I mean, I was I wasn't, a, I wasn't a senior player at you that are, time. Yeah. I was yeah. new to the football club. Uh, my experience with Simo was good. Um, there was there was too many centre forwards there for me. You know, I'm challenging with Dikio, Brett Olmenrod was there, Nuge was there, Ajimang was there, oh, me, yeah. Galley was there, and I'm pretty sure he brought in Andy Carroll. Um, I'm not sure on that one, but it was there was. I was thinking, well, when we're going to get three or four games in a yeah. row where I can sort of play. So there's a lot of strikers. I f- yeah, I forgot. Um, Hadjiman was still there. At Remember that the overhead kick he scored against West Brom? I do. From the edge of the box. Yeah. What a beauty that was. What was he like in training? Hadji? Yeah. Fast. He'd pull off something like that, but then, it, then he'd put one wide from like three yards. Yeah, and think, I was going to say, that? He, he looked a bit reckless at times. Or yeah. he looked like he could have been a bit reckless. He wasn't a natural finisher. Yeah. But he was a powerful boy who got into good positions. And again, he was a nice lad. Yeah, yeah, you know, he worked hard. He was very honest. He wasn't disruptive at all. Mm. He was a nice lad, um, and I'll always remember that overhead kick. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're the only one. Um, yeah, so obviously Darren came in. You went out on loan for the season. Sheffield um, Wednesday, Alan Irvine. Yeah, made sense. But but I'm still keeping in touch with my mates and, yeah, and, and seeing you're in a relegation battle. Here. Yeah. I'm thinking there's no you can't you're not going to stay up, so I'd left and um, quite a few others had and sure enough Preston went down that season. Um, yeah, but I still had another year left on my contract, so I knew I was always coming back to Preston. So was was your intention even though you're on loan to come back and maybe whoever the next man was just try and fight well, for another unfortunately place? Unfortunately for managers, I had a two year contract and I thought every chance you don't want me every chance the next manager will Yeah. so I'll, I'll see how it goes Yeah. but I had a good year at Sheffield Wednesday I'd scored 20 goals I'd got player of the year and they wanted to sign me um, but it was only Phil Brown at Preston who was then in charge convinced me to sort of stay oh, wow. bearing in mind I'd gone back to Preston and I'd seen I'd left a team that I thought could challenge for the playoffs to a team that I thought oh my god I'm not surprised you've been relegated so I'm looking around thinking have we got any chance of going? He up? brought in. Who the hell did he bring in alone? Uh, Eddie Johnson, winger. Okay. And it was. I think that was the January. And then we obviously got relegated at the end of that year. Yeah. And I just remember thinking like, there's there's some players that he's brought in here that we well, just don't stand a chance. It was unrecognisable, wasn't it? Uh, Leon Clark, I think he brought in. Now I know Leon's gone on to have a good career elsewhere, but he yeah. just he couldn't hit a barn door for us. No. Could not hit a barn door. But but the biggest problem Preston had was we had such a tight, close dressing room. Yeah. And to see it broken up so quickly was always going to end one way, and that was well, unfortunately yeah. a relegation. Yeah, it's crazy to think where where we'd gone from to where we ended up in that sort of period of time because we were flying high two seasons under Billy Davis challenging for the playoffs I think four years prior to that we'd come up or two years prior to that maybe we'd come up from what was division was that Moisey under Moisey so in like ten years we've gone from promotion pushing on the playoffs obviously we got beat uh, pushing for the Prem sorry yeah Got beat in the playoff final against Bolton. 
Um, They've been a real positive momentum, haven't they? Yeah. The club had been feeling good. Even even when Craig Brown came in and there was two years of sort of some may say mediocrity. Mm-hmm. We were mid table. Arguably we could have done better. Yeah. And then obviously he left, Billy took us on to the playoffs. Mm. Two seasons on the trot. Um Simo came in, just missed out on the playoffs. But always competing at the top end that yeah. season. Um then he left. We were what mid table ish, bottom half. No, we were. Left. I remember losing New Year's Day at Sheffield Wednesday, bottom of the table on really? the summer. We lost two one at Wednesday. Me and Andy Carroll came off the bench at one one. I squared one to the big tree man, and he's missed it. And I'm saying, what was going on? You should be putting that in. Less than a minute later, they score, and we lose the game, mm. bottom of the table. That's it. Doing the warm down on the pitch, thinking we are bottom of the table. We're in a dogfight here. And that's it. And that Pretty was, shit feeling, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. That was, um, no, that was that must have been Irvine must have been in charge. Irvine was in charge because Simo went after I'd missed that penalty at Barnsley. Last uh, minute, one nil down. I've got a penalty, and I've put did it. You in, miss it? Or I, no, I didn't miss it. It was one of the best saves I've ever seen. I've put it in the top corner, and I swear this guy was called Muller Heinz Muller, this German keeper. I still don't know how we saved it to this day. Your memories are unbelievable. Well, <laughs> Stuff you, like you don't forget someone who just shouldn't have saved the penalty. And he yeah, did. true. And it was the last minute, and it's in front of the North End fans, and yeah. we lose. And everyone that's been to Barnsley knows where the away end is. Yeah. They know where the tunnel is. And if you lose, you're getting hammered by your yeah. fans. And I deserved it because I'd missed a penalty in the last minute, and it cost us. And Simo didn't last much longer after that. So that was before Christmas, and, and that Sheffield Wednesday game was after. Jeez. Yeah, I don't... I don't. Don't really remember that, to be honest. Good, good. <laughs> Erase it from your memory. It's already gone. It's already gone. A Barnsley fan showed it me the other week on YouTube. He was like, oh, look at this save. It was your penalty. I was like, yeah, no, cheers. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, coming back to North End, then, like you mentioned before, Phil Brown sort of convinced you to come yeah. back. Yeah. Um, was it one of them that you just thought, Season's finished, I'm going to sign for Chef Wednesday and then he's got in touch or do you naturally have to come back to the club because you're under contract? Southampton was sniffing about at the time as well. Um, Sheffield Wednesday offered me a two-year contract but the manager was Gary Megson and he dropped me, believe it or not, for ten games because I gave a penalty away. Jesus. And I was top scorer. And he dropped me for ten games and I was like, are you for real? For giving this penalty. Literally just for giving a penalty. Dragged me off at half time, said, You've cost us the game, Rochdale away. I was like, Gaffer, we've still got the second half. No, you've cost us. So I didn't play for 10 games. He took me to Carlisle away, unused sub. Dagenham and Redbridge away, unused sub. Bournemouth away, unused sub. I was like, Is he, I'm top scorer, when's he going to put me on the pitch? Eventually he did, and I finished the season really strongly for yeah. him. And I got to really like him. Yeah. But I couldn't trust he wouldn't do that again. And then I've got a manager at Preston, which was Phil Brown, saying, right, you're the big part of this. You've got a year left. Let's go for it. Let's go for promotion. So I was like, right, OK. Let, let's yeah. let's sort of see how pre-season goes. Pre-season was brilliant. Because so like, he promoted there. a lot of the young lads, didn't he? Yeah, there was Proc that got to get uh, a run out. Jamie Proctor. Um, um, Danny Mayer came through. Danny Mayer. There is a young... Ryan Mag- uh, McLaughlin, Conor McLaughlin. Conor McLaughlin. There's a young lad in midfield, ginger lad. Barton, um, um, what's he called? Adam Barton. Adam Barton. And there was another smaller lad, what the hell was his name? In midfield, ginger lad, don't remember him. Oh, I can't remember, anyway. Yeah, so so Brown, Phil Brown convinced me, he played me for every minute of every game, so I really enjoyed working. Yeah, we went on that 
mental run, didn't we, at Class. the start of the season? Do you know what he did? He said, right, here you go, here's, here's the, what's it called, where you write on it, the chart, whatever it is, whiteboard. Ten, uh, there's five games in, in the first month, which was August. If you get ten points, I'll buy you all a suit. So we're like, buy us all a suit, happy days, have a bit of that. Sure enough, last game, we'd, we'd, we were on seven after four, needed to win, whatever it was, bang, we won. Ten points, five games, suit. Next month, if you get, what was it, ten points in, might be five games again, buy yeah. a pair of shoes, nailed it again. <laughs> so everyone was buzzing. Um, so the incentive was there, but we did, we yeah. went on that really good run of seven games, where we'd, we won seven in a row. It was me and Ian Hume up front. James, no, me and Proctor up front. Ian Hume in behind. Yeah. We had Greza sitting in the in playing a diamond. Cutesy was playing. We were a good yeah, side. Yeah, because Greza had come back at that point, hadn't he? Greza was back in the team. We were absolutely flying, and we were. I think Charlton had, had gone better than us at the start, but we were pretty much second or third. We went to bottom in the table late in Orient, and um, first minute. It was the hottest day I've ever seen, by the way, in October. Yeah, yeah. It was like 100 degrees. Cootsie scores 1 0. We're all laughing, going, ah, oh, we're going to beat these, we're going to batter these. And then Orient scored two goals. And we had a young keeper who, who might be making his debut, a Stavro. A Stav. Oh, um, oh, young kid. I remember him, yeah. And, and I swear to God, if you see the goals again, you're saying he saves it. So it cost us big time. So at half time, what do you say to a young kid at half time? Whose co- cost you? Whose confidence is is fragile? He's on the floor. So you think, okay, that's right. We go again. We know we we'll score. First minute, of the second half, cross comes in. I'm at the back post. I head it. Defender gives me a nudge penalty. Referee buys it. Points to the penalty spot. Chance for an equaliser. Who steps up? Graham Alexander. When has Graham Alexander ever missed a penalty for Preston North End? Well, any Preston fan that was at Leighton Orient that day will vouch Greza missed the penalty. So, so we're 2-1. We're chasing that equalising goal. Yeah. I hit the post. Yumi hits the post. We're battering them, battering them, battering them. Couldn't score. We lose the game 2-1. And then that was it. The run was over. I got injured next game for a ridiculous tackle at Warsaw. Yeah. Lad was Chambers. He ruptured my ankle. Uh, it was a disgusting challenge. Um, and the referee said to me, I didn't know who did it. So I, I, I just booked the nearest player. And I said, ref, he's done me there. So I was on crutches. I was told I was out for 12 weeks. Rushed it back because we were struggling back after five. And um just wasn't the same. With, yeah. I think we'd won in the time that I was out. We were struggling. So does that something, looking back, that you regret a little bit, rushing back? Every football club will rush a player back. Really? That, yeah, absolutely. Don't yeah. think? Yeah. Bloody hell. Without a doubt. That's the way it is. Um, Showing my naivety there. But plus, a player wants to get back. Yeah, true. So there's that wanting to get back, and and I say every club, a club that is struggling in terms of results, and a key senior player wants to get back out there. You want to do your best. You're going to be back there early. And that was the case. I was in bits. South End away in the FA Cup. Couldn't even walk with my ankle, but I was out there. We got beat one nil at Roots Hall. How did you get through nine minutes? Tough. Painkilling, painkilling. Literally just take painkillers. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, yeah. And then people say footballers are soft. Yeah, so that was tough. But um, yeah, scored my last ever goal for North End. Hartlepool away in the black kit. Yeah. That one. Yeah. That one was, nil uh, away midweek. Hartlepool. Yeah, that was. Um, yeah, I like that, that kit. Was, that was the season we just went black and white, didn't we? Yeah. Blue, white and blue, obviously with the trim, and then the black one. 
And then I think it was the season after that we had the pink one, which okay. I don't think went down too well with many fans. But I'd, re- I'd retired by then. My retirement was written by Graham Wesley, but anyway, that's another story. Well, yeah, we'll come on to that briefly. Um, Very briefly. Um, yeah, Phil Brown was... I remember going to a fans forum in Lancaster, I think it was. I was there. Were you? I've definitely been up there to Lancaster to do a fans forum. I think he was on his own. Oh, maybe not. Maybe a different one. Um, it was around the start of the season, or we hadn't started the season, it was still pre-season. Okay. And he had the gift of the gap. I'll tell okay. you what, he could sell you a vision. Yeah. Because there was only maybe about 20, 30 fans in this social club, it was tiny. And everyone left with a massive smile on the face, and yeah. they were like, we're going up. I like Do you know what, even to this day I like him. I know he's had a bad sort of... Um, mentions off a few people yeah, he's but I, I like Phil he, I, his training sessions were great he had Brian Horton as his assistant manager they, they were a great combination the, the squad we had at Preston was thin yeah. it was thin on quality so the injuries to me Hugh me really knocked us back because we were goals in the team that season yeah, yeah. Um, what was Hume like? great lad yeah. when I arrived Hume had been at Preston while I was away yeah I think he'd signed on loan at first and yeah. then we signed him Permanently. Good lad. I mean, the fans liked him. He worked tirelessly yeah. hard. He worked, you know, and um, he was he was a genuine lad. He was prepared for every game, focused, and, and did his best. I, I really got on with Hume and enjoyed playing with. Who is so obviously you played with maybe ten, twelve different strike partners, yeah. if not more. Yeah. Who is your favourite one? Who's my favourite one? Oh, probably Chrissy Brown. Yeah. Chrissy Brown, what um, Christmas party once down in Dublin, and we were all been drinking all day, and we were all singing. We all dream of a team of Chrissy Browns. He, <laughs> he, he was a player who was appreciated by the I think, players. I think the fans saw that at some point. Did as they? Well, I think they might have seen the video that may have been doing the rounds. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so, maybe. I mean, do, you, do you know what Brownie is a centre forward? I don't think he ever scored twenty goals in his career. No. But what he did was he was a team player. So he'd, like I mentioned about Parky, he'd. It take it occupied two centre halves, yeah, so I could make the run. He'd look after the ball. He was strong. He was yeah. aggressive, and again, you want good characters around the dressing room. Brownie was that good character. Yeah. We linked up, probably better than me and Parky did in terms of my goal ratio. Yeah, yeah. And, and so um, when Brownie was fit, I, I really enjoyed playing alongside him. Um, what was your favourite memory from being an North End? Favourite. Sort of each different manager that you played. Yeah, with. favorite memory. Um, of course, there's good and bad for all, all the managers that I played oh, yeah. under. Um, Simo, favorite memory would probably be that goal that I scored, my first ever goal for Preston yeah. at Southampton at home. Under Alan Irvine, there was a lot more happy memories. Yeah, beating Burnley away was a good one. Beating Burnley at home, scoring in both of those games. Um, Blackpool away was probably the standout out of all my time Up there, yeah. um, at Preston because as, as I explained I'd scored it was a big away following it was our rivals my brother and my best mate were there yeah, everything was really on everything, came everything was there um, best goal for Preston was actually at Deepdale against Sheffield United um, that was under Alan Irvine and 
Morgan, remember Morgan, the centre half? Yeah. I got him sent off in the game because he, he gets too tight to you. So, yeah. like, fine, you keep coming tight, I'm going to knock it, I'm going to wait for you to take me out, and I'll yeah. get you sent off. Sure enough, in the game, two yellow cards, he's oh. off. off. D- done him, done him a treat. So, I'd scored one, and it was last minute, 2 1 up. I'd picked the ball up on the halfway line, on my head, headed it past the full back, chested it past the centre half, and I burst into about 40 yards of empty grass, 1v1 with Paddy Kenny, and I've blasted it into the top corner of the town end. So, it was. That that was everything. That was my best goal. Yeah. Whilst it didn't really mean a great deal because it was an end of season game, Sheffield yeah. United. Um, but that, that was that was a really good goal. That, that really, so I was that the season of the playoffs? Again? That was the Sheffield season United. that Irvine came in. We were safe, and then the next season we went playoffs. Went playoffs um, yeah, because yeah, he took us on an unbelievable run to keep us up. Yeah, considering we looked dead and buried when he came in. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And obviously, where we ended up, because he, he was he an under twenty ones coach, under twenty five. No, coach he was assistant manager to Moyes at Everton. Oh right, so he'd been there for a good few years. <clears throat> so he was well liked yeah, within yeah. the first team at Everton before he arrived. So you already had that sort of dressing room experience, then, if yeah. you will. So Maybe that was I Irvine. Who was after Irvine Ferguson? Good memory. Probably my best memory under Ferguson was him adamant we had to beat Peterborough away. So that was his old club. Went to Peterborough away, done the team news, and for the first time I think in my career I was playing right wing. I was like right wing. Well, I, I'm not. I'm a centre forward. Yeah. So he put me right wing, and I scored the only goal of the game. We beat them one nil, but that was good because he was made up. I, yeah. I was made up and scored the winning goal. Um, it was after that. That was then Phil, Phil Brown. Wickham away four three. We were three two down. And then we went on to win the game 4-3. Yeah. I think Ainsworth was playing for Wickham that yeah, day. Yeah. That was a good one. Enjoyed that. I think after that I got player of the month as well. I scored quite a few goals yeah. that month. That was a good one under Brown. And then Wesley. Probably best just leaving that one out. But I did play seven minutes one. So, on Graham Wesley. I don't know if it's in... How much time have we got? Clark. Time's running out. It's time to... <laughs> I don't know if it's in Clark Carlisle's book. Or if it's just a story that's been doing the rounds, but apparently when he came in, he met all the players, and before he left, he turned around and said, "By the way, my kids don't call me dad; they call me medal winner," yeah. and that's where he got the nickname from. Did yeah. that actually happen? Yeah, it did. I, 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 it was a match day. I was injured at the time. Greza was taking the game. No idea who it was. It was at deep down, and, and when you when a new manager's appointed. There was a lot of like, it can't be him. Don't want it to be him. The first time I've ever experienced that because of all the rumours we'd heard yeah. previously about him at Stevenage. Sure enough, he got the job and everyone was like, oh my God, what's this going to be like? We had, again. Not, not even met him. And everyone was like, oh, what's going to happen? So so everyone's ready for the game yeah. and he calls them into the players' lounge and does this chat. Um, now, I wasn't playing, but the other players wanted to play the game and he's talking about taking over. So Clark Carlisle stood up and went, Gaffer, got a game to prepare for, let's do this Monday. <laughs> and he walked out. <laughs> so straight away, he was a senior boy. So everyone was like, yeah, yeah, let's go. Follow him. But then he was out within a week um, of taking over. Listen, uh, the the terminology used for Graham Wesley in the press for all the players was, Graham Wesley is different. He's different. That's a polite way of putting it, I think. So, so that's what he was. Yeah. You know, He was the only manager I ha- ever had that I'd never played or managed at the top level. And it was evident from day yeah. one. 
So what what was it like when you brought all the lads in from Stevenage? Well, all the lads. I think you brought Scott Laird in, or were you had you left at that? I think point? I'd left. He brought he brought in Proctor, centre half from Aldershot. Forget his name. Play, played him up. For, yeah, played him up front at Sheffield Wednesday. Um, Anthony Alden. Uh, yeah, well, he brought in three or four. Anyway, and the problem was it was like the dressing room was was not a happy place. I think again though he he'd walked into. From what I'm seeing, from the outside looking in, a dressing room that Phil Brown had built up with a few senior pros, yourself, Clark Carlisle, um, Greza, Greza, Paul Coots, um, and again, sort of just alienated you immediately. Yeah, unfortunately, he didn't have the trust of the of the team, yeah. the squad, the dressing room, and it was not. It, not a nice place to be. Now I was injured at the time, and I yeah. wasn't aware that it was going to be a, a career-ending injury. But um, it it was it was a horrible place. Now, now I've seen Preston. We've been in the playoffs. It was a great environment to be. Yeah. Love coming into work. It was a horrible place to be going into every single day. And throughout throughout my career, that was the I'm injured, so that may have influenced things. It was the worst time of of, of my career. Yeah. I think it's probably the worst time I've had as a fan, without yeah. a doubt. And it was, we we would start making the national press for weird stuff. And the first couple of times, it was a bit like, oh bloody hell, like we're in, like on the Daily Mail online or whatever it was. Well, there's a, bit, there was a big story that leaked. You see, and you blame me for it because I, I was starting to do media work, but it wasn't me. About the text message. The text messages, yeah. and you blame me, and, I, and I'm going, Gaff, it's not me. Like, like, I don't. Even to this day, the dressing yeah. room, no one ever said who it was. So I don't know how that got out. It could have been an agent. It could have been anything. Yeah, anybody. But he came for me on that, and I said, "Gaffer, that won't me," um, because whilst I don't like this environment, I'm part of this football yeah, club. Exactly. Why am I, I going to kill people off? But he texted. He texted me at half past one in the morning. A big long message. Probably still got it on my phone, saying. Um, for those of you it was a generic text that sent to everyone for those of you in the squad tomorrow report this time for those of you that are training report this time for those of you that are injured report this time um, just to let you know all those players that are not in the squad are not allowed to see the players before the game so I can't say hello and all the best to my mates you got to wait in the players lounge till half past five till you are dismissed GW and it was like half one in the morning so I was like, is he for real? So I spoke to my agent. Now, I don't have an agent. I was with the PFA, so they represented me. And I said, I've got kids, young kids. I get woke up in the middle of the night by my kids. I ain't having my manager texting me at half one in the morning, waking me up. Yeah. I'm not, that's just not on. No, What's going on here? Is he going to text me every Friday night at half one in the morning? You know, is it... Is it you know, is it, What's going on? Mind baffles. Oh, I've, I've gone from... From managers who talk to players in a way, so that was one of the thi- one of the battles that challenges yeah. that we were dealing with with this manager. Um, whether he lost track of time, I don't know, but that was unacceptable, and that was an example of how he conducted himself in yeah. week one of being Preston North End manager. Um, so yeah, it was. Yeah, I think we'll leave that one there. Let's leave it before yeah. I get myself in trouble. Yeah. So obviously, you ended up retiring. Yeah. Quite early. Way too early. early. Way too early. Do you know what? what when I twenty nine, thirty. That season when I retired, it was the best I felt. Yeah. With my body, mentally, I was in the best place I'd ever been. Yeah. 
I'd had a bit of a realisation at Sheffield Wednesday. I was on the bench for a game in League One, Yeovil away, and I was sat there thinking, what is going on? I'm at Yeovil, which is an absolute dump of a place to, from where I'd been. Mm-hmm. I'm on the bench. So I was like, oh my God. So I started to see a psychologist who'd been a football player, who'd been a football manager. Lee Richardson, his name was. And um, I said, what's going on? He said, right, well, we'll work with you. So mentally, I started getting myself more in tune with, more focused about what I needed to be yeah, as a player. Yeah. Um, I'd never had a hat-trick before. I was like, I'm a centre-forward, what's going on? Yeah. And sure enough, within two weeks, I'd scored a couple of hat-tricks, I was flying. I'd had a one-in-two record from that point, even up to the point I retired. And I felt great. And I remember getting player of the month at Preston, but thinking, I want to take Preston up here. I was in my last year of my contract. There was quite a few clubs talking about being interested in me, but yeah. I thought, no, no, I'm, I'm seeing it out. I want to do well here from the final season, get back into the championship. Um, Leave on a high sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then sort of, so the injury that I sustained to end my career came out of the blue. I was not ready for that. I was like 29, I'm ready to kick on, right, I've got, I've, I'm still got years left in me. Yeah. I was living the dream of being a professional football player. That's all I'd ever wanted to be yeah. from a young player and I was getting to experience that. So that was a very difficult time for me um, to accept that I could no longer be a player. That Well, I was, Crying for a long time. Yeah, about that. I can imagine it. That was tough. Tough. So, was it? I assume a family decision, not just one that you'd taken upon yourself. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, medical advice as well. It was. What, was it unique? But unfortunately, it was both knees. So, oh, was, right. so you know, it wasn't like isolated to one. Yeah, yeah. It was both knees. Listen, I, I could tell you how many operations I've had, all the different injuries, the fallouts I've had with medical staff. Yeah. Um, unfortunately for me, is it an excuse? It was part of what the cards I was dealt with with yeah. my career. It affected my career from a very young age. So people will remember me for when I burst onto the scene at Liverpool, when yeah. I scored a goal against Arsenal. I was taking painkiller-killing injections to get through that game. I was struggling from a young boy. Um, so I was lucky to have the career I had. Um, and I, c- I can sit here now, I'm on the Preston podcast Love my time at Preston. Yeah. I got to experience some some moments. Some fans will remember some good times. Some fans will remember some bad times. But it's, 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 it? it's nice to have experienced it of being a football yeah. player. So I can look back and say, I'd love to have got promoted to the Premier League with Preston. I didn't, but I had some good times. So I got to live that. Injury cut it short. Yeah. So who knows what might have happened. Do you think you'd still be playing now? Yeah. yeah. I, I love the game. Yeah. And, and I see some players retire and they say, oh, I can't drop down that low. I would be playing Northwest Counties League because I love football. Yeah. Um, and so I watch it. I love the English leagues from yeah. the Premier League right down to the Northwest Counties. Yeah. I look at all the different levels because I think in this country I've always been brought up with my football and yeah. I absolutely love it. So have you always sort of wanted to go into the media thing or has it just been a progression that's happened? Or? Yeah, I had an interest um, when I first got in, well, when I was injured at North End, we played Birmingham away. And it was the Christmas time, and Nuge, we beat Birmingham away. Nuge scored. Was it 2 1, 3 2? They had Mwamba playing, they had Bentner playing. Yeah. Um, they had a good side, Birmingham, but we went there and we beat them. And that was the first time I'd done Radio Lanks. Yeah. And, and that was something that I really enjoyed. So I maintained that throughout my career. Right. I did a bit of stuff for the, uh, the, the, the Post. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, Evening Post. Um, I did Liverpool TV. So I always had yeah. an interest, uh, starting my degree, doing the media side of things. Yeah. So when players come out of the game, everyone thinks, oh, I'll go into coaching. I do grassroots coaching now, yeah. the school football team, which is nice, but I have no interest in going to coaching at this not, point. It's always been the media side of things. Um, 
Yeah, no, I think we'll call that a podcast. It's an hour and three minutes, so I'll get, Are you get happy some with good that? time out of that. Yeah, oh, I'm very happy. Cheers, mate.